I think we got 250 million views in like three or four days. That's small for today, but then it was big. We're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so we just kept going. What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday, November 24th, and your host, Michael Zakan here, founder and creator of Our Future, the business podcast for young people, where you, the listener, will get exclusive industry insights and career advice from the brightest minds in business three times a week in short, high-energy episodes formed through the perspective of a 20-year-old college kid. Today, I'm bringing you part one of a conversation I was lucky enough to have with one of the smartest marketers in corporate America, and that is Chris Brandt, the Chief Marketing Officer of Chipotle. So grab your chips, hope you paid extra for the guac, and enjoy my interview with Chris Brandt. We're students, we wanna, we wanna take you back in time to when you were in our shoes. So when you were 20 years old, which is my age, what did you envision for yourself? Did you did you ever see yourself as a chief marketing officer of a global brand? Was it in your mind at all? When I was your age, Michael, I thought I would be much more apt to be the CFO than a CMO. Not even in my consideration set, you know, whatsoever. When I went to undergrad, <clears throat> I went there as kind of an engineering major thinking I'll do that. And what I really found I really liked was economics. You know, it was, just, it was more interesting to me, more, but I did not have any idea about marketing. And I actually, so I was an econ, I finished as an econ major and I went to go work in banking. And because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I got involved with this training program from a big bank and they taught you how to analyze a company for credit risk. And I thought, well, there's money there. There should be, I should be able to make some money doing that. And, you know, the idea of being trained how to analyze a company and everything was a good idea. And so I did that for a couple, about a year. I got back two years, I guess. And then I went to work for an equity investment firm. So we did a lot of really heavy finance, tax consumptive equity investments. And when I was doing that, that sort of evolved into a little bit of a marketing role. What we were doing, we didn't really have to do any marketing, but then it changed and the world changed for it a little bit and we had to go out. And I really liked trying to figure out what people wanted and how to package, in this case, financial instruments up to give, you know, to, to, to have people go with us as the equity investor. And so everybody I worked with at the time there had an MBA and I didn't have one. And in finance, it was kind of like, you know, you have to have one, you have to have the stamp. So when I went back to business school at UCLA, I wanted to explore, I still wanted like finance, but I wanted to explore this whole marketing thing. And um, I really liked my marketing classes. And, you know, I got a, I was lucky enough to get a job at General Mills. That's how I got, that's how I kind of got into marketing. I wish I could say it was like this grand plan and but um, you know, it's all worked out, and I I really love I really love the marketing piece, and I think that in a lot of ways marketing has changed so much. It's so much more data driven now that it's sort of, it's it's an art and science, and the science people the science piece has really ramped up over the last five years, I would say, um, so that uh, it's probably a better fit for me now than it even was when I came out. What I think is really cool about your path, Chris. So you started off in finance, like so many students who listen to this podcast, they want to go work in banking, but it's cool to hear how you can pivot, right? Into a more creative role and kind of flex those muscles as you get on with your career. So we're actually going to dive right, right into that creative. Uh, something you talk about a lot is meeting the customer where they are. And I think like around half of Chipotle's customers are Gen Z and millennial. And we, when we think about where we live and breathe, right? TikTok is the elephant in the room. And you guys won on TikTok in such a big way. Did you expect it to blow up the way it did and have the impact it did? Or are you guys just uh, creative masterminds? 
I mean, you know, it's kind of the way we got into esports. Like in, in 2018, I saw my own kids. I'm like, I feel like I felt like Fortnite was lowering the GPAs of every young male in the country. And so when I started Chipotle, I'm like, I want to get into this. And so we found um, TSM's Fortnite house, which and those guys were already huge Chipotle fans. So we leveraged that. TikTok was one of the same things. We're like, wow, everybody's on this TikTok platform. Advertisers really don't know what to do. And the interesting thing was we were talking with TikTok like at the end of 2018, because the culture that I try to foster is we want to try all kinds of different things and we want to pop up in all kinds of different places. Um, and Chipotle is special. I think that the one thing that you ought to know about Chipotle is you should feel really good about eating that food because I've been in the food space for 20 plus years and this is the best food you can buy. And Chipotle is a real restaurant. It's not like our other, like our competitors, most of them are reheating things. They have microwaves, they have freezers. We don't have any of those things. And so we're making food fresh. So because we're different, I want us to pop up in different places. And so we were, we saw that everybody in Gen Z was working on TikTok. And there's, I have two rules um, when we're going to try something new. I said, well, one, I want to be, we call it being endemic on that platform. So I want to feel like we're belong. And the second rule is don't be lame. I do not want to go into something. I'd rather spend small or not do anything than go in with the wrong way. And, and the things in esports, we're really careful that not to just not understand the community. And so we had actually were talking to TikTok at the end of 2018, and we felt like we just didn't have the right thing to go on TikTok with because we just didn't want to go on with an advertisement. And then uh, one of our employees um, in the beginning of 2019 had this cool little, he took a bowl and he could hit the bowl down on the lid and the lid would flip up and go on to the bowl. He sent it to us and we thought, ah, that's pretty cool. So we posted it on Instagram and we got like a million likes on Instagram. And then uh, one of our team had the big idea that said, oh my gosh, this is our TikTok challenge. You know, why don't we have, why don't we do this? And then we, was, we were talking with David Dobrik, who might be the number one Chipotle fan. I mean, he, no, no joke, he eats Chipotle four or five days a week. Awesome guy. And uh, so we used David Dobrik. He was looking to expand his audience on TikTok because he had been on the other social channels, not as big. And so we started out with that TikTok challenge. I think we got 250 million views in like three or four days. And then, and that that's small to, for today, but then it was big. We're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so we just kept going and we started doing TikTok challenges around Avocado Day and all kinds of different things. We did a TikTok for the Super Bowl, sort of our counter to the Super Bowl piece. So that's how we went in, but we just went in to learn. We wanted to start small and start with a few experiments, but be in the right way. And we'll pour the gas to the things that work and we'll pivot away from those things that don't. What kind of creativity is uh, Chipotle, does Chipotle kind of embody? What people want in social, I think one of the mistakes marketers make is they try to sell too much in social. We're not trying to sell. In social, you're trying to have a conversation. And so we, we kind of divide our brand activities, and, and these aren't mutually exclusive, but into kind of things that are going to drive sales today and things that are going to drive the brand over time. And TikTok, we always viewed as a brand over time kind of place. Because if you try to tell, sell too hard in one of these social channels, it turns people off. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're at the Thanksgiving table and everybody's having a conversation and then you suddenly try to sell somebody something, it doesn't go over fairly well. So you, be, the, you know, be in the right frame of mind and do the right thing in that right channel. And so we view TikTok as a brand over time piece. We view TikTok as a place to really, for Chipotle to understand that they, they're part of culture. Because you know, our, our, when, when I started in 2018, our three goals, our three kind of marketing strategies, if you will, were 
drive difference. We wanted to tell people about how Chipotle is different than other things. And it's being about real ingredients and sustainably raised and all freshly made food, those things. We wanted to drive transactions. So we wanted to get more people in the restaurant. And we were going to do that through menu innovation. And we were going to do that through digital access and engagement. And now we're doing it through a loyalty program. And then finally was part of driving culture and drive culture was a bit of a reach because the brand had been really quiet. So it was really just being a part of culture and TikTok was a big part of culture. So we needed to be relevant there. And so find the things, whether it's David Dobrik or find the, um, the lid flip challenge, or what are we going to do for avocado day? Or how do we launch our real food print that we just did with, um, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy. Right. And so it's like, what is going on? How can we be relevant? What is the insight that relates to Chipotle? That's what that team and we spend every single day thinking about. And how do we be, how do we, how are we the most innovative? How do we show up in different ways? How do we um, show this brand in a different light? Because this brand is different. So we can do different things and fun things. And, you know, some people get too locked up in it, it is one of the big disciplines we put in at Chipotle is we measure everything so that we can try to see what our return is. But just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it's not a good idea. And just because you can measure it doesn't mean it's a good idea. So that's where the art and science, I think, of marketing comes in. And that's the Absolutely. point. Your, your guys' attention to culture is is incredible. It's, it's a very important to build that core competency out in the marketing department, You know, being able to analyze everything that's going on and, and see where you can enter and be creative. But you mentioned the loyalty program. You know that I've got a hit on that. And it's grown so much. Like It's so integral to to the Chipotle brand, right? Uh, this this program, how is it how is it designed differently than what other brands are doing with their loyalty programs? Yeah, we're at seventeen million now. So we started out, we had we started out in and it was a year ago March. So March of twenty eighteen, we launched it, and I think even the way we launched it was different because we launched with Venmo, right? At the time, Venmo had only worked with one other brand. They'd only worked with Uber before, and so. I remember we were talking because the insight was the only thing better than free money was free Chipotle. And so we said, oh, hey, I remember we contacted Venmo and we asked them, we want to give out money to people to buy Chipotle. And we did it in like, here's $2 to go buy free guac or here's a free burrito. Um, and they, they had to do a lot of work on their end to make it work that way. And the great news was I remember calling Ahmed, who's the CEO of um, of uh Venmo. And the good news was he ate at Chipotle twice a week. And so I remember asking him, I said, hey, you know, we really want to do this. We want it to be a long-term part. We ultimately hope that you can buy Chipotle off Venmo. Uh, um, but there was a lot of uh, complications in making that happen right out the gate. So to his credit, um, he said, yeah, let's do it. And so we were able to go out there. And again, they didn't work with any other brands. So it was really cool to launch it that way. But I think that that insight is right. People really love free Chipotle. And, and I think that the other part is you know, we had 8 million users in our first year, which we thought was great. And that was at the end of 2019. So not even a year, about nine months. But obviously with COVID and the digitization of everything and the digital flywheel really works with, with loyalty. So now we have, we just passed 17 million and on the way to 18, which is, I mean, it's way bigger than the office, than the, than the audience for Monday Night Football. You guys like to give it, you know, Monday Night Football will do maybe 14 million, maybe 15 million on a great matchup. But now we've got that in a rearview mirror and we're becoming our own content distribution network. And so I think that people don't hate advertising. They hate advertising that's bad or that's not relevant to them. So when we can give you relevant news about Chipotle and whether it's, you know, free guac or, um, 
you know, for, if you have guap mode or, you know, something, some offers like that, that's fine. But we can also tell you a little bit about more about the brand. And I think that those people have opted in, they're engaged in Chipotle. And so that just, it just continues to build. And so we're really proud of where we've been. We think we can be even better in terms of, and what we've been able to do is grow frequency um, across every segment um, within that, within that um, loyalty program, which is amazing. So it's really exceeded our expectations in a big way, but the team has done a wonderful job of, now we put you on a journey so that if you're, if you're look like you're slipping out of your regular pattern, or we can get you, if you've only been inside the restaurant, we can get you to try Chipotle for delivery. So there's all kinds of different things we can do to get you to interact with Chipotle in a different way. And, you know, one of the things we knew is to People want did more. They just wanted more access to Chipotle. When we first started, we did a consumer survey and asked people, "Hey, what would make you come to Chipotle more?" And they said, "Build one next to me." Uh, what they really meant, we're trying to build this. We're trying to build 200 plus a year. But what they really meant was, how do I get more access to Chipotle? And we did it via digital. And now with the loyalty program, we can get some more access as well. So we've got some cool changes to the loyalty program coming up next year as well. So it'll be it's a it's a dynamic thing that we want to keep going for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, that was part one of my conversation with Chris Brandt, the CMO of Chipotle. Tomorrow, I will be releasing part two of this incredible conversation, and you will learn how Chipotle navigated crises, Chris's biggest failure in marketing, and what being a CMO means to him, along with his powerful advice for the next generation of leaders. Make sure you are subbed up and get that episode tomorrow. And I do have one final request. If you could drop our future a quick rating on Apple Podcast, always means the world to us. Be with you guys again tomorrow. I'm gonna grab some Chipotle myself. Stay frosty. You know I'm paying extra for the Glock.